Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Good morning, beloved. I'm thrilled to be with you. I pray that you're well. Um, and um, uh, our uh, announcer this morning did not give out the number for you to call or the email because this is a pre-recorded program today for you. It's brand new, but it's pre-recorded, and so because some of us are traveling. So um, you won't be able to call in today, but um, uh, we will take emails from those of you who have sent in emails prior um, and um, I found an article, beloved, I thought it would be very good for us to read today um, on a pre-record because we've been talking so much about persecution, uh, COVID-19, the effect of the coronavirus, the loss of faith in the church, the loss of reverence for the Blessed Sacrament. Uh, people are panicking and making uh, poor decisions uh, priests and bishops who refuse communion, who won't open the churches or refuse communion on the tongue. Um, uh, many sufferings the people are going through. And um, uh, I came across an article by Aid to the Church in Need. <clears throat> Aid to the Church in Need is an organization worthy of support. They report on the suffering church around the world. And what we have experienced in this country is almost nothing next to uh, the suffering church. Um, on a recent program this week, one woman called in and said, what if, if, um, what about the vaccine? What if the COVID-19 vaccine they develop is required? Uh, what if it has aborted uh, fetal uh, cells from abortal, aborted fetuses in it? Uh, and I said, then we don't take it because it's immoral. Uh, well, some bishops have given into it. Yes, we know, but it's immoral. Well, what if there's no other vaccine? Then we don't take it. What if it's mandatory? Then we don't take it. And uh, it's very distressful um, because what are we to do? If we refuse, we might be persecuted. Uh, I think it's going to be mandatory. This is a little prophecy on my part that means nothing because I'm not a prophet. But the way it looks is that it's going to be mandatory uh, and um, we are not going to have a choice. And if we refuse the vaccine, which, uh, which I will if it has aborted fetal cells, um, cells from aborted babies, then um, whatever the persecution is, we'll take it. We won't be allowed to do this or that or shop or travel, whatever it is. Um, we have been warned by our Lord that these days were coming. Read the book of Revelation, read Matthew 24 and 25 and other areas of Scripture um, that speak about these end times. And so uh, we need to be ready to suffer. We've had very, very little of it in this country. Very, very, very little, even though you say it's a lot from our perspective, it is. But from those churches that have suffered for years um, and have grown up that way, 
uh, underground churches, the church in China being completely persecuted uh, and betrayed by the church. So it's it's a very, very rough. Um, I came across an article uh, of the... Uh, uh, the aid to the church in need that was uh, interviewed, um, an interview of Archbishop Ramsey Garmou, uh, G-A-R-M-O-U. Um, let me see if I can uh, get this correct pronunciation here. Um, I, I know I'm not going to pronounce it correctly. Um, all right, I better just... I'm just going to read this and not worry about the pronunciation. Um, yeah, I think I can get it. it, it it's spelled Archiparchy, but it's not Archiparchy. It's probably uh, Eparchy. So it's um, Archeparchy, I think is what it would be. But in any case, um, this is an interview with Archbishop Ramsey Garmu uh, when he still headed the Chaldean um Archeparchy of Tehran. He spoke with aid to the church in need <clears throat> about the situation of Christians in Iran. He currently serves as Archbishop of the Chaldean uh, Archeparchy of Amida, Turkey. And so I'm going to give you the questions of um, aid to the church in need asked this heroic bishop. Number one, are Christians in Iran particularly discriminated against? Um, and the uh, Archbishop uh, Garmu said they are forbidden to occupy certain posts, such as school directors, for example, but the historical Christian communities are generally well integrated with Iranian society. Our roots go down a long way. The Chaldean community, which is at present reduced to a tiny flock of some 4,000 souls, dates back to apostolic times. It was St. Thomas the Apostle who brought the gospel to Persia and established our church. This history has to some extent been forgotten, but we actually sent missionaries as far afield as China long before the Western missionaries. Currently, we are going through a new period of crisis, which began with the revolution of Ayatollah Khomeini in 1979. All the Catholic schools and hospitals, which were part of our outreach, were closed, thereby considerably diminishing our presence in society. The Archbishop continues, but just look back at our history. Christians have known persecution ever since the earliest times. Under the Persian um, Sassanid Empire, right up to the 7th century. Even at that time, Christians were already suspected of being traitors, linked to the West. Then there were the Mongol invasions, for example. But in any case, there is no reason to be surprised at this. Jesus himself warned the disciples in the gospel that they would be persecuted on account of his name. The gospel corresponds to the deepest aspirations of man, but its proclamation is accompanied by persecutions. And that has been the case ever since the time of the first Pentecost, and it will be so until the end of the church's pilgrimage on earth. 
A church without martyrs would be like a tree without fruit. Did you hear that? A church without martyrs would be like a tree without fruit. And I say, beloved, in America, now I know that our program through the Station of the Cross and LifeSite News reaches uh, over 40 million people all over the world, but mostly in America. And we've known very little persecution in America, very little compared to other nations. And he says, a church without martyrs would be like a tree without fruit. And isn't it said that martyrs are the seed of the church? The seed, the blood of the martyrs is the seed of the church. And aid to the church in need then asks, but do you not fear quite simply the disappearance of the Christians of Iran? Of course, the archbishop says, it goes without saying that the mass exodus of Christians, and in particular of our young people and our most active members, is a cause of concern for us. Nonetheless, we should not look at the situation from a too-human perspective. The strength and dynamism of a Christian community does not depend on its numbers. Besides, I believe that our situation is less serious than that of the Christian communities in the West. Wow. They are swamped in an environment where the majority of Europeans have no faith or are indifferent whereas our Muslim neighbors are constant, a constant reminder for us of God. Isn't that an incredible message that we in the West, because of our apathy, of our loss of faith, we are in worse state than those of a strong faith who are being persecuted for it. The only thing that matters, he says, is to know if we can bear witness to our faith. And this we can do without publicity or self-promotion, but simply by living as Christians. That's what I always say. Live as if it's true. Live as a Christian. That's all you need to do. And we are seeing the fruits of this as Muslims come to see us and want to learn the gospel message. When you ask what led them to this, They often reply that it was because they have known a Christian neighbor whose example they wish to follow. And Muslim people are ready to die for their faith. Why would they be interested in the witness of a wimpy Christianity? But if they meet a Christian who's willing to die for his or her faith, then that Christian may have some substance to that faith. Next question. Can Muslims convert to Christianity in Iran? Well, uh, there's a cost, right? There's a cost to that. And there's going to be a cost to that in America, too. There's hardly a cost right now. We're being persecuted. But but Christians are accepted. Um, But there may be a day that we may not be. But there's the music for our break, beloved. So we'll continue this right after the break. And we'll take emails, not calls, but emails after the second break. God bless you, beloved. Don't go away. We'll be right back.
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is in a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Hi, this is Terry Barber from The Terry and Jesse Show. We bring you the gospel with clarity and charity. If you have any questions about the faith or what is happening in the church, be sure to tune in at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 Pacific. You can call us during the show, 888-526-2151. The Terry and Jesse Show, weekdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network and heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. We are in the middle of an interview, uh, reading an interview that occurred this summer with... um, between A to the Church in Need and Archbishop Ramsey Garmu, um, when he still headed the Chaldean Archeparchy, Archeparchy, uh, probably pronouncing that wrong, of Tehran, and um, uh, about the situation of Christians in Iran. And he currently uh, serves as Archbishop of the Chaldean Archeparchy, Eparchy, uh, not terrible, Archeparchy of Amida, Turkey. Um, and uh, we have, uh, we're on our third question here of that interview with aid to the church in need and uh, talk about a persecuted people. It's, it's amazing. We don't, we hardly know any of what they've suffered. And he had made the comment that a church without martyrs would be like a tree without fruit. Third question, can Muslims convert to Christianity in Iran? This is an extremely, he answers, delicate question for us, and we should point out at the outset that conversions to Christianity are largely the work of evangelical Protestants. As for us, we are under close surveillance. It sometimes happens that a Muslim wishes to join us, but they face serious harassment, first of all from their own families and then from the regime. 
to give you an example, we have two seminarians who have both spent time in prison precisely because they are both converts. In particular, we are forbidden to celebrate Mass in Persian. We love our own Aramaic language, the language of Jesus himself, and we speak it in our own homes. But the Iranians do not understand it. So we remain ghettoized with this ancient language, and we cannot communicate our faith. For the same reason, we are not supposed to have Bibles or spiritual books in Persian. And the interviewer from A to the Church in Need then asks, so how do you explain the translation of the Catechism of the Catholic Church by the Iranian um, Shiite Ayatollahs? This, he answers, was a very encouraging sign of openness on the part of those Ayatollahs who were interested in the message of the Catholic Church. This story illustrates the question, the questions being asked by Iranian religious leaders themselves. The Shiite clergy respect the international moral authority of the Vatican. Wow. And moreover, there is an Iranian ambassador at the Vatican and students who travel in both directions. Iran is very isolated and living under permanent pressure from Saudi Arabia and the United States. Our country can well see that it has an interest in maintaining relations with the West. Next question. How do you explain the fact that some young people are turning away from Islam in a country that is still dominated by that religion? And the answer he gives is, by imposing Islam by force, they are provoking a reaction of rejection among young people who refuse to be dictated to about how to live. Well, there's a good thing. This reaction partly explains the interest in Christianity, but also Zoroastrianism and even Hinduism. Others who reject all forms of religion. Sadly, many are losing their way in drugs for lack of an ideal. It is an easy escape within easy reach, and many young people are sinking irrevocably into it. Um, The rest has to do with um, uh, thanking uh, Aid to the Church in Need with their solidarity with the remote Christian community, uh, providing us with precious material more than this by keeping us informed about the situation of the church in need elsewhere in the world. You are helping to foster communion among Christians, connecting us even with those who are the most remote geographically. Um, There is an entire, well, there's a public, Aid to the Church in Need has a publication, beloved. It's worth getting in every, I don't know how often they put it out now. It's monthly or bi-monthly. I don't recall that. But it has stories of persecuted Christians all over the world. And, And if you're keeping up with the news in these days, uh, China, Cardinal Zen has spoken out loud. China is, um, uh, is becoming more, uh, anti-Christian, anti-God, um, betraying any agreement with the Catholic Church, 
persecuting the underground church now, uh, not allowing bishops to be uh, bishops ordained by the Pope can no longer be. They have to be part of the patriarchal, patriar- um, uh, the patriot church, the country's church, the communist church. Um, it's very, very bad for those Christians, very, very bad for those Christians. And it's, it's growing around the world. But I agree that, uh, the Christians in China and elsewhere who are persecuted, Iran, um, Iraq, the Middle East, the Christians who are persecuted are still a witness for their faith. They may die martyrs, but they die in the faith. But in the West, where we are, we have grown self-protective, self-isolated, um, apathetic about our faith, keeping it to ourselves, not taking it to the world, being afraid, giving in to the culture, giving in to um, errant uh, bishops and priests, and the priests themselves giving in to heresy. Uh, we are in more danger than persecuted Christians. We are in more danger, and we're giving up our faith. We're not living it in the tiny amount of persecution we have right now. We are abandoning our faith. Um, And uh, our eternity is at stake. The salvation of the world is at stake. Our eternity is at stake. If we are mandated uh, to receive a coronavirus vaccination, that has been made with aborted fetal cells, we must, as Christians, refuse that. And if we say, but it's mandated, the government won't allow us not to, we can refuse. Well, what if if it means at the cost of our lives? Well, that's going to be an individual choice. But uh, many people will give their lives for that because if we don't, we're saying it's okay to murder babies in the womb in order to save our lives. And it's not okay. It's absolutely not okay, beloved. Um, so um, I, I, I tell you what, um, because this is pre-recorded today, um, we're not going to be taking your calls. And the only emails that we can take are those that have already come in. But I'm going to give you the email uh, that you can go ahead and send emails into the Station of the Cross. Um, they, you could put them on Facebook as well, um, Mother Miriam Live on Facebook, uh, on the Facebook pages of LifeSite News and uh, Station of the Cross as well, YouTube, and you can um, send questions in. And then when we have a live program, which we do most days, um, we will be able to take your emails um, uh, so it's mother at the station of the cross.com mother at the station of the cross.com. We've been mentioning China and I do have an email before me by Greg who says, hello, mother Miriam, God bless. And thank you for your message and insight. He said, I heard on the news yesterday that the Chinese communist party made two announcements to their residents recently. Number one, They will pay a reward to any person who reports a neighbor who is holding a church service within their home. Can you imagine? Can you imagine, beloved? You're holding a church service in their home, which many of the faithful did in Russia and communist countries for years. And and now a neighbor is going to report you for reward. That's 
that's just absolutely tragic. Second is that the Communist Party is the only true church within China, which is what they teach and preach, that it should be adored and glorified. It was only a matter of time before we came to that, that there's no two churches, the true church and the, and the communist church. It was never the plan of the communist uh, government to, uh, to be faithful to whatever that um, unfortunate agreement was. It was never their plan to be faithful. So Greg says, he comes from Minnesota, he said, please pray for our church and our nation. Absolutely. And pray for the Christians in China, beloved, because their churches uh, and their statues all over the place are being ruined and smashed and um, Christians being persecuted left and right in China. Uh, We know so little of it here uh, with the uh, COVID-19 virus. So um, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. In fact, don't be afraid in this country. Um, our attitude, our fear is getting so bad. I, I saw a video the other day of a woman spraying mace uh, on a man who was eating his lunch while walking his dog, and he didn't have a face mask, on, face mask on. He was eating his lunch, and she came and sprayed him with mace, sprayed his food, sprayed his face because he wasn't wearing a mask. It's awful. Recently, we went to a um, someone's uh, house. We visited them for a short while, um, and th- we were not wearing masks ourselves. And uh, they came against us. You know, don't be so selfish by not wearing a mask. And yet, we are a society that has just uh, fallen down and turned over overnight to the government. Those masks kill people as well. Um, if there's no reason, if there's no symptoms, if there's no reason to wear a mask, uh, sometimes it could be more dangerous to wear the mask. So, um, beloved, the thing to do is not cower, not fear the government, not be afraid. I beg bishops and priests, don't be afraid of this virus. Um, don't be afraid to serve communion on the tongue. Again, it is less dangerous than communion in the hand. Uh, communion in the hand, the particles fall all over uh, the floor, and every single particle is the whole Christ, body, blood, soul, and divinity, and we stomp on him and then sweep him up. It's tragic, absolutely tragic. Um, uh, communion in the hand has been shown medically to be less dangerous Um, communion on the tongue, I'm wrong. Communion on the tongue has shown to be less dangerous uh, than communion in the hand for several reasons. So beloved, um, don't be afraid. If your church is not serving communion, communion on the tongue, and you wish it, find another church who will, or first talk to your priest and then find another church. There's many churches around and if you have to drive a half hour, we have people that drive over two hours to our parish on Sunday. Don't be afraid of that. Um, uh, to respect and to love our Lord, it's worth it. It is absolutely worth it, beloved. So there's the music for our break. We'll be right back after the break, and we'll take your emails. And again, because the program was pre-recorded, we won't be able to take your calls, but we will take your emails. Um, at mother at the station of the cross.com. We'll be right back.
The future of the family is grim. As Our Lady of Fatima said, the final battle will be for the family. It truly seems as though we're in the heat of this final battle and we need your help. Our mission at LifeSite News is to educate and activate readers with the information they need to defend life and the family and restore Christian culture. We are currently the most popular pro-life website on the internet with over 40 million unique users every year. And we've been experiencing an even bigger reach than ever this year. But we need your help to reach more of the 7.7 billion people on earth if we are to truly succeed in changing the culture. Please consider donating to help our mission of promoting the culture of life and fearless defenders of the faith like Mother Miriam. Visit give.lifesite.news.com to give today. Thank you for your support. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us, Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. And this is, um, let me see, um, this is our half hour together, I think. We have a half hour left. I've lost track of time. Okay. Um, and so we're going to take your emails again, because the program's pre-recorded, uh, dear ones, we cannot take your calls, but we are taking emails that we have not yet gotten to that you've sent in. Um, continue sending them in, beloved, because if we don't take them one day, we'll take them the next. Um, continue sending them in at mother at the station of the com. We have an email from somebody who writes in anonymously <clears throat> and says, dear mother, <clears throat> excuse me. Although we have never met, I'm writing to you in hopes that you might share your thoughts with me. I don't know exactly how free you are to comment on this, but please allow me to pose the question to you. It is a subject that is truly difficult for me to discuss, but I feel I cannot stay where I am from a f- spiritual perspective. You see, I am in my 60s. I was born into a Catholic family. During the most important years of my young life, my default memory is the traditional Latin Mass. For the majority of my adult life, I have struggled greatly when it comes to the state of the Mass today. 
I feel there has been zero reverence, zero respect, and a sporting event like auditorium atmosphere. And I say to you right now, you're absolutely not alone in that. It feels like a lot of things, but it does not feel like a Catholic church. I feel people today do not believe in the real presence and that communion in the hand carelessly leaves the body of our Lord scattered all about on the floor, and that truly hurts me. Furthermore, the homilies one hears today have no mention of heaven, hell, sin, morality, and things that should be and use, used to be in e- any Catholic sermon. There are a number of other things that trouble me about the state of the church in the Mass, but this issue has gradually gotten so bad it has resulted in a type of paralysis I have been experiencing when it comes to attending Mass and witnessing all the very troubling issues or not going and incurring sin. Dear Mother, I think I have an idea that of what you might say and deeply appreciate your honest answers. Lastly, I can only say that regardless of these things that I find so disturbing, my Catholic faith has never been stronger. I have been praying about this and asking our dear Lord's guidance and clarity daily. I have been, uh, rather, I made this email as short and to the point uh, as I can and hope I've been successful in getting my points across. Um, And this person says, lastly, Mother, if it's okay with you, it is not necessary to read this email publicly online unless you feel others would benefit. Um, So, yes, uh, I do feel others would benefit. Without any question, there are many, many who could have written this email, except they may not be in their 60s and may not have begun with the Latin Mass. But, beloved, it is a very sad state of the Church. Um, I listened to... Uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen's uh, explanation of the Mass in my ear. It was a traditional Latin Mass of 1940. I found it online. You could see it in video. Traditional Catholic Latin Mass of 1940 um, with a magnificent choir and narrated by Bishop Fulton Sheen. I've had that on a little tape from Keep the Faith, and I put it in my ear, and I listened to it every single night for over a year before I entered the church. Um, I didn't trust the church. I didn't understand it. But I I found heaven in that tape. I was heaven. And then I came into the church, and I I was received by a very holy, wonderful priest in the Norvis Ordo, um, I don't want to say tradition, because it's not tradition, uh, the Novus Ordo Mass, um, and a very good and holy priest. But uh, for how many years I've been in the church, 95, 15, um, 25 years, my goodness, is that right? Um, for the first 20, um, I went to different Novus Ordo Masses, and I left grieving every single Mass. I said, what's my problem? I've, I've given up my whole life. From my Jewish background, I came to embrace the Messiah— And then from my evangelical Protestant background of 18 years trying to save Catholics, I finally came into what I believe with all my heart is the full measure of the faith, uh, the full measure of uh, the the fulfillment of Judaism and the full measure of Christianity. And I 
my heart was in heaven reading some of the things I read before I came into the church and listening to Bishop Fulton Sheen in that Mass. And now I'm in the church. What's wrong? What is wrong? I left wherever I went, whatever church I went, I left grieving. Every Mass, I left grieving and saying, what is wrong? I don't know what is wrong. I didn't know that anything was wrong, but I said, this this is the church. Why am I grieving? What is wrong? And what is wrong is that I had not yet experienced the Tridentine Mass, the Latin Mass. And one day, uh, I was at a, a house Mass with a retired priest given permission to celebrate Mass in that house in New Jersey. And it was the Tridentine. It was the extraordinary form. And I had not seen it before. I had been listening to it in the tape, but I didn't understand that, what it was. And after the Mass, I went up the stairs in that house and found a room and closed the door and cried my eyes out. I sobbed. I said, what is this? We've been robbed. What is this? Why don't we have this? It's amazing. And so... um, my dear anonymous one, I absolutely agree with you. There's today I go into churches. There's almost no reference at all. Even in many Latin masses now, men come in shorts, women come in tight short dresses. The reverence is gone. It's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. Um, but reverence is given to the Blessed Sacrament, and people receive kneeling and on their tongue. And the, the Mass is generally conducted reverently. If or some of the people aren't reverent, I, I don't know personally what to do about that offhand. But um, I would suggest, my dear sister, that, um, that you would simply go to not stay away from Mass because there's no dispensation from that. You must go on Sundays. You, we're not required to receive the Eucharist more than once a year. But we are required to be at Mass on Sunday, so you you cannot uh, skip that. Um, But again, um, you can go find a Latin parish. I don't know, you grew up in the Latin Mass. I don't know why you're not uh, at a Latin parish now, because you wouldn't have everything you're facing. Okay, we have an an email from uh, someone else who writes it anonymously and says, hello, I'm a newer listener to your podcast and your sweet mannerism and strong direction is a breath of fresh air. Well, whoever wrote this, thank you. I don't feel sweet um, and sometimes I feel too strong, but uh, it, it's always from my heart. It's always from my heart. If it helps some people, I'm very grateful. And this person says, I'm married and have four children who graduated from a Catholic elementary school and three of the four graduated from a Catholic high school. I was a volunteer during their elementary years and have helped in bringing young moms to our parish and participate in various programs helping to encourage moms to keep things simple and build the mindset of the moms during their young parenting years. With COVID, many moms have shut down and panicked. That's for a discussion at a different time. So the meetings have been out on hold. I still volunteer at church and have been a religious ed teacher for five years. This is my concern. How can I teach these public school children about how their faith um, leaves them? How could I 
teach these public school children about how their faith never leaves them when that's exactly what we did as a church that closed their doors because of this crazy COVID. Well, no, the church has not, the, the faith has not left them. The faith will never leave them. The church will never leave them. Excuse me. The church is Christ. He is its head. We are his members. The church is Christ who will never leave or forsake us. If our faith depends upon a a church standing or a particular priest being there or a bishop or um, uh, all the programs in a church or the building itself, if that's what our faith depends, uh, is dependent on, then we're in trouble. But the church will never, ever leave us. If all the churches in our, our area are torn down, the church will never leave us. It is the faith once delivered to the saints. And there is any parent should be able to, should have the scriptures, should have the catechism, and should sit down every Sunday with their family and children and read them a portion of the catechism every single Sunday, in addition to the Sunday's readings from scripture. Don't ever let that go. Uh, we have a text from Mike. How do we respond to Catholic politicians or people who say they are personally opposed to abortion, but that they believe a woman should have the right to choose for themselves? Well, that's why we have laws for mur- murder. No one has the right to murder somebody else. Well, I don't agree with that. I think it's fine to murder people, and I should be able to murder. Well, I can murder. I'm free. I could go get a gun and murder, but I'll be put in jail, hopefully, because it's murder and abortion is murder. And so um, uh, personally opposed to abortion, but they believe a woman should have the right to choose for themselves. The only rights uh, that we have are given from God. And the only rights God has given is a right to do good, is a right to do good. God has given women a right to bear a child, not to kill that child. Um, And so uh, she has a right to choose certain things, um, but her right is to choose life. She has no right to choose to murder her child. She can take that right. She doesn't have it. No one gave it to her. You say, well, the government gave it to me. Well, the government is corrupt. Who gave you that? And if you're a Christian, you obey God rather than men. We have a text from Miramon um, who says, My family and I went to the church this morning, and a sudden feeling of grief and great lament enveloped our souls. Excuse me, beloved. The pews are empty and the entire church is deserted. As we knelt down before the tabernacle at the Blessed Sacrament to utter our personal prayers, one by one, we began choking in tears as we struggled to finish the divine praises. There are, um, there at the lowly corner of this huge building lies the Lord, alone, abandoned, left out. There is at the lonely, 
uh, wait, I'm, I'm repeating that. Never has this song been so powerful and so rich in meaning to me than today. And she quotes um, the Protestant song, but it's certainly true in our Catholic life. Were you there when they nailed him to the cross? Were you there when they crucified my Lord? Were you there when they laid him in the tomb? Were you there when the stone was rolled away? I love that song. Um, and uh, Miramon says, were we there? Where were we? And where are we now? Where were we? And where are we? The churches should not be empty, beloved. Um, there's the music for our break. We'll be right back. Uh, I bless God for... Um, those churches who have opened, who are distributing communion again and do not have a problem with communion on the tongue. Um, uh, We'll be right back and um, take the rest of your emails. LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, love in truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. My name is Jesse Romero. I'm a retired Los Angeles cop. I'm a Catholic lay evangelist. You probably hear me Monday through Friday at the Terry and Jesse show. My new show on spiritual warfare is called Jesus 911. Every Saturday at noon, that's a soul patrol Catholic program where three cops on fire with our Catholic faith. You can hear this program around the world on the iCatholic radio app. Jesus 911, Saturdays at noon here on the Station of the Cross Radio Catholic Network. God bless you. Keep the faith. The Catholic Current on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. These groups are getting all of this money and doing things, I think, that are endangering our sovereignty and endangering our safety. Uh, what is it about the culture that, that needs to be fixed or purified? Well, I mean, it's pretty much everything, you know, when we come down to it. Tune in weekdays at 5 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross and iCatholic Radio for The Catholic Current, bringing Christ to the world and the world to Christ. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Welcome, beloved. Um, Welcome back to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment together. Um, And I... 
we we don't have any more emails today, and we can't call in because it's a pre-recorded program, beloved. Um, so don't ever hesitate to send emails in beforehand. Um, because there are times that um, we cannot get to them, then we can get to them um, uh, the next day. But um, I'm looking at, let me just, uh, hold on just a moment now, chapter one. Peter, um, uh, our first pope, St. Peter, uh, lived in a time, and you know this, of great persecution, the first century, when all the Jews were scattered. And so all over Asia Minor. And Peter, it's a wonderful, read the scriptures, read the book of Second Peter, beloved. Um, uh, he writes to dispersed Christians, Christians persecuted for their faith. And he says this, and he gives us instructions, how do we live in this day? And he says, and he writes, <clears throat> he calls himself a servant, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who have obtained a faith of equal standing with ours, in the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm sorry, I'm still um, trying to quiet hiccups. And he says, may the grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. I'm going to take a break for 20 seconds and we'll be right back. back, dear ones. I don't know how I get those hiccups, but I will be forever grateful to the gentleman who emailed me and told me, just take a little sugar. And that's what I do. I give this little secret to the world. If you have hiccups, you can hold your breath, you can raise your arms, you can be frightened, you can do all kinds of things. Just take a tiny bit of sugar and they're gone. It's miraculous. It never ceases to amaze me. So Peter says to the Christians who are dispersed, May grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of our and of Jesus our Lord. Now, most of these Christianity is a Jewish faith that has been spread. Uh, Christ is the Messiah, and to follow the Christ is to become a Christian, belonging to Him, a Christian. So it's a Jewish religion that was spread to the four corners of the earth, and the Messiah came. Uh, through the Jews, for the Jews, for the entire world, Jew and Gentile, that every single soul should be saved in the Messiah that God sent through the people he formed from Abraham. And so Peter is writing to all those Jews who were dispersed uh, through persecution of their faith. And the first persecution came from their own people, from the Jews who didn't believe in this Jesus, and they persecuted the Jews who did. Um which is how the name Christian came to be. It's a derogative term, um, because if you're, if you're a Christian, you are one 
literally, which means belonging to Christ. Christ is the Greek trans, English translation through the Greek of Messiah. So you belong to the Messiah. You're his disciple. You're his followers. Well, the first Christians said, we'll take it. We love it. We are his followers. So a Christian became uh, that they became known by the name of Christian. Um, and the book of Acts says they were first called Christians in Antioch. And Peter writes to all these dispersed Christians, dispersed because of their faith. Um, <clears throat> and he says this in First Peter, uh, starting at verse 3, his divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us to his own glory and excellence, by which he has granted to us his precious and very great promises that through these you may escape from the corruption that is in the world because of passion and become partakers of the divine nature. Beloved, this is current. These are our marching orders today. And he said, so for this very reason, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue. He's talking to Christians who are, their lives are threatened by their faith. They're dispersed. Uh, They cannot uh, claim their faith in public. Uh, Some have been killed. Some have been beheaded. Um, And he's giving these instructions to them, which is to us today for this very reason. Make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue and virtue with knowledge and knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, and steadfastness with godliness, and godliness with brotherly affection, and brotherly affection with love. Now, beloved, Papa, read this to your family, and let each one of your children look up the definition of those words and do a little study. What does it mean to supplement your faith? Number one, that is to add to your faith. With virtue, what is virtue? Get the definition. And virtue with knowledge, what is knowledge? And knowledge with self-control. I mean, there's different forms of knowledge. There's something just to know a fact, and then there's the knowledge of knowing a person. It's epignosis, um, a deep interior knowledge, which must be our faith. So, It's a wonderful thing for you to do some studies at home. And knowledge with self-control and self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. For if these things are yours and bound, they keep you from being ineffective or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. During these times, beloved, I'm telling you, You may not, you do not have my permission to blame your bishop or your priest or anybody else. You have been given the faith. You have been given the Holy Spirit and the gifts through baptism, confirmation, um, and uh, many other means of grace and sacraments. You are responsible to know your faith. Um, If you depend upon our shepherds to get you to heaven and you wind up in hell, you will have no one to blame but yourself, beloved. Um, There are shepherds who are quite faithful, dependable, but there are seem to be an increasing number who have lost the faith. So you must know your faith and you must share it. And moms and dads, you are responsible for teaching your children the faith. Um, not assuming that a Catholic school is going to give it to them, 
but you must teach them at home regardless of whether or not you homeschool. Um, Peter says, for if these things are yours and abound, they keep you from being ineffective and unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For whoever lacks these things is blind and short-sighted and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be the more zealous to confirm your call and election. For if you do this, you will never fail. So there will be richly provided for you an entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You see? Um, And Peter says, I'm going to keep bugging you. I intend to always remind you of these things, even though you know them and are established in the truth that you have. I think it is right, as long as I am in this body, to arouse you by way of reminder, since I know that the putting off of my body will be soon as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me, and I will see to it that after my departure you may be able at any time to recall these things. All right, there's the music for our break, beloved. We'll be right back. It'll be our last segment, and we will... Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. It is the end of the program. God bless you, dear ones. Have a good weekend. We'll speak to you on Monday.